0: missed the tab what are you doing (laughs) the tab turned on me (laughs) wow
1: 30 something episodes 30 and our first missed (laughs) synchronization ever i thought we missed one on
0: the first episode
1: there's one where you started going early but you just did like the pressure escaping oh okay you were able to actually do the opening at the same time Mm. you just could jump the gun a little bit this was legit not able to be... At all. At all.
0: Oh, that's weird. Is it weird? Yeah. Did you not know to try it?
1: No, I've been talking the whole time. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's very tea-y. Yeah. Tea-like. Uh, so the beer we're drinking... Welcome to Movie Butters. <laughs> by Movie the way. Movie Butters. <laughs> we're talking a lot of uh, trash going on here. Uh, we I got this beer that I kind of wanted to try. It looks very weird and very... Different, And yeah. I thought it would be appropriate for this episode for a few reasons. But it's from the Crooked Stave Brewing Company in Denver, Colorado. It's a citrus Earl Grey Saison Ale, brewed with bergamot tea. It it's, <laughs> has that, like, dry tea after flavor.
0: Yeah. It's very interesting. It's odd. Yeah. I feel like it wouldn't be for everybody. Certainly. So it kind of works. It is dry. It is dry. Uh, Yeah, I'd say you found and picked the perfect beer for today.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and because it's tea-related, there's a tea-type Indian movie that we're talking about. It's just like a a whole thing. So yeah, Earl Grey Saison. It's different and very different from a mainstream beers.
0: Yeah, it doesn't
1: even have a beer... It doesn't really have a beer flavor. It's... Savory, Rustic, savory, fragrant tart is what the can says.
0: I mean, I'm not really getting tart, but that's weird. This fits. Yeah. So
1: before we get into the fantastic Wes Anderson.
0: Oh, yeah. We're doing Wes Anderson. You already knew that. You saw the title. You of saw the, the title episode. when you clicked on the episode.
1: <laughs> uh, but thank you, Wandering Lion, for hosting our beer segment. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. Uh, go check out wanderinglionstudios.biz if you have a film you want to get made or you have behind the scenes footage of your filmmaking you want them to shoot they'll do that or if you have a script you want them to review yeah
0: you gotta bring up the
1: the script review yeah i think the script review is a really cool thing because it's always good to get constructive criticism and feedback especially from people who are professionals who have made several successful films um they can review your script and let you know What's up with it?
0: Yeah, give you some tips. Yeah. Polish it up a little bit.
1: Go check them out. Uh, They have some awesome, awesome things that they're doing. So, should we get in? We should get in. And, well, actually, before we get in, before we get in, I'm going to do a movie bonus first. Oh, about time you do one. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm going to, I have a couple of movie news things to bring up. Oh, Lord. That we have, that we've never done a movie news thing, but.
0: Bum, bum, bum. Some weird things. Have I don't been know happening. if that's
1: the breaking news sound.
0: Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah, that's yeah. like NBC Nightly News or something. All right, there we go. um So you, people have probably seen in the news recently all of the weird GameStop stock stuff. AMC movie theaters was caught up in that same thing. There was a meme stock fiasco going on. Okay, and so a piece of good news. AMC, the movie theaters, because their stocks were being pushed by, like, Reddit and these, this weird shorting thing going on, uh, people rallied behind them. Their stock rose so much, they were able to sell some, and completely, uh, their stock rally was allowed them to pay off $600 million in debt. Holy shit. And so they're kind of rescued from that. And I think that's really good news for people who want theaters to reopen. Oh yeah.
0: That's good news. For they're theaters. able
1: to kind of continue. And
0: all right. So
1: that, that it was really exciting. I know a lot of the stock stuff, confused people, but just know <laughs> there's a good thing that came out of it. <laughs> and then in the bad news segment,
0: oh. uh,
1: Christopher Plummer just died. Yeah. And I thought it was kind of weird because we had just talked about him in last week's episode. Uh, in uh we you talked about him because he was in must love dogs that's right and you were all like christopher Plummer is so good with diane lane and i was must trying love to remember dogs. which
0: christopher Plummer. is like i mean <laughs> yeah i've seen a lot of his stuff
1: yeah yeah he's always been amazing even as a very young i mean not that young but much younger than he than you know him as now yeah. in sound of music he was the dad of sound of music so sad news he was also
0: in the pink panther movies or return in the Pink Panther.
1: The old
0: ones, yeah, with Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers, uh, ones? yeah. Who was he in there? Uh, he was the thief. He uh, was. uh I can't remember the character's actual name. No, David Niven was the uh, thief in
1: the one I'm the thinking first of. First one. Oh, okay. Well, I need to go back and watch those ones because I do love the Pink Panther movies.
0: Yeah, he played Sir Charles mm-hmm. Lytton. Oh, that's right. Yeah,
1: that name is familiar to me. Yeah. Well. RIP Christopher Plummer. Yeah, loved you, lots.
0: Go watch Pink Panther. Sound of Music. Uh, he was awesome in Knives Out.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Knives Out's probably probably the biggest movie lately, uh, for sure. Uh, and then I guess before we got started, I was going to check in. How's homework going? Oh my god. <laughs> I honestly have made no progress. Oh okay. I've I uh, am still at around two thousand, but I haven't done more.
0: Um. I tried to make a little progress.
1: Uh Um, So for those of you that don't know, we had a a listener call in and ask us how many movies we've seen in our entire lives. And so we've been going through IMDB and trying to collect those into a list to figure out how many movies we've seen in our entire lives and uh, haven't gotten through it all.
0: Oh, it's so many. (laughs) I don't know if it will ever end for me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm scratching on the door currently at 3,000. Okay. Now, which was fine, because I told my mom and dad about like this. Yeah. And I told them what number I was scratching on before I added more. <laughs> yeah. And my dad was like, oh, wow. And my mom went, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and was like,
1: that sounds right. Thanks, mom. <laughs> that's hilarious all right so we'll continue working on our homework i'm trying yeah i'm trying me too (laughs) at least we're giving updates yeah (laughs) i thought that'd be fun to figure out (laughs) we'll figure it out eventually uh so now we can start all right so today's episode um we wanted to dive in deep into the filmography of wes anderson yep and kind of there were a series of we've talked about a ton of movies so far and but there were a few that we had just not touched on and tarantino was a lot of those m night was a lot of those and weirdly wes anderson was also one of our favorite directors that hadn't come up really at all
0: yeah which it it was kind of funny because with tarantino i mean tarantino was the more obvious one for me yeah uh m night After we, like, decided we were going to do an M. Night episode, Mm -hmm. it was weird realizing we hadn't talked about M. Night Shyamalan movies at all. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, Wes Anderson has some movies that, one of which I typically will tell people, like, oh, that's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. And then I haven't had it on a single list. It was like, uh, I think I'm failing myself at this, but (laughs) all right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And he is he's one of the most unique filmmakers ever
0: yeah he has a very very specific style yeah yeah i feel like he's
1: a master of creating a very specific style yeah that is very specific to him and the way that he likes things everything down to the visuals the sets the costumes the characters, he writes all of his own movies. The cast. The cast. He has very specific yeah. casts. And a lot of his casts are <laughs> recurring <laughs> recurring actors and actresses. Yeah. Uh, and that's really fun. And also all, a lot of his movies, all of his movies, have kind of big name one-off actors and actresses that aren't recurring and all the others. And so they all feel a little different for that reason too.
0: Yeah, they're interesting because they feel different mm-hmm. simultaneously feeling like they're all in the same. yeah. World, the same universe. Yeah. Yeah, they all... He
1: certainly has very strong trademarks. Obviously, the aesthetic of
0: colors and costumes and sets. Very 70s. Yeah. Without actually being (laughs) 70s. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Some movies
1: are, like, set in 60s, 70s, but a lot of them just feel that way, but they're not set in that time. Right. Which is interesting. Um, He He also... also Has a very specific use of music. The types of music fit so well in the styles of the visuals that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. They're all very kind of folksy music. And he's got a
0: he's got a thing with the kinks. Yeah. They appear in his movies fairly regularly. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Beatles have made some pretty prominent appearances like their music.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Beatles stones. Yeah.
0: Yeah is his his music or his his movies right are so unique uh what was the f- first one of his that you ever saw before we actually go like yeah. kind of how we've done yeah so i think
1: weirdly i didn't get into it until pretty late okay and i remember the first movie i remember watching was life aquatic with steve zissou oh, okay i remember watching it I think I was on like a road trip with my mom and remember watching it in a hotel. And I remember watching it it being very weird, very different than anything I'd ever seen. Feeling like a movie that I was getting, but also feeling like a movie that's pretty grown up. Like there's always (laughs) weirdly adult themes in his movies. Um, Not just like language or sex or anything. There is that, but there's also a lot of his characters have to like the life aquatic, especially have to do with a character who's trying to like figure out who he is and kind of disconnected from his dad. And the family dynamics are always really complicated right. in all of his movies. So there's just a lot going on and it was difficult to understand. So I remember watching that. And then I think Tenenbaums I saw after that. Okay, is the other one I remember seeing early on.
0: Mine was Tenenbaums. That was the first one I ever watched of his. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get more into it, but
1: yeah, I think that's the first one that kind of blew up, uh, got a lot of attention Yeah, and certainly Oscars and all that stuff. Um, I hadn't seen bottle rocket until this week. Oh really? It was one that I've had like in my library and have been like looking for something to watch so often. And I'm like, oh, I finally should watch Bottle Rocket. And then something else would come up. I'm like, oh, no, actually, I'll watch this instead. (laughs) And so I've been meaning to for ages, and I've come so close so many times. But this gave me an excuse to finally uh, it.
0: Yeah, so Bottle Rocket and Rushmore, I mean, those were his first two. Yeah. Uh, Those are the most, quote, unquote, normal Mm -hmm. kind of feeling movies in his whole library. Um, I would (laughs) say yes. They have the most, like it's so hard to describe how i mean there's like no hard edits mm-hmm. well fewer hard edits <laughs> i think that
1: that it's interesting to watch bottle rocket and rushmore um but you you certainly see the you can s- the, the 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 building blocks yeah. of who he is and what he likes and how he does film there are yeah. aspects of his trademarks in those but yeah there are more traditional film shots contemporary shots it's they're more normally put together
0: it, yeah it's
1: it's weird to say normally but his, his films are so weird they're so different than normal hollywood film they're
0: so and this isn't like a, a bad thing certainly not bad. uh they're so blocky yeah they, are,
1: they no they are very blocky his <laughs> one of his biggest trademarks is to film straight on at a at yeah like, have the the Subject centered in the screen with the camera at like a 90 degree angle and it's the opposite of what like when you take like a photography class or a filmography (laughs) class they're like they drill into your head use the rule of thirds offset this do this there are a lot of times where he will not do that and he'll break the rules and it it works and I think he's a good example for, for filmmakers and people who like film and photography to see what that is um some movies he just does it sometimes and it kind of stands out and it certainly makes it feel like his movies other movies like grand budapest hotel is almost entirely that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so i i really enjoy all of it but yeah i
0: certainly know what you mean it, it is blocky they're just they feel blocky but it works it and i, I kind of feel if like someone else tried to do that mm-hmm. it wouldn't mm-hmm. work yeah I mean it could I don't know but it just they're it's so unique to him Mm -hmm. and the kinds of movies that he makes are so unique Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: I feel like he he is so focused and intentional on the stories he's telling and the movies he's making that every detail from the camera placement to the movement to the music to the cuts to the editing and um, styles transitions. Everything is so intentionally stylized. Um, I've heard people criticize it as being kind of style over substance. I don't think it's that at all. It's it's specific style. It's very much like Tarantino to me. It's not that violent, but there is a very specific style. Right. That is that he is that he likes that he does. Um, and I do- I don't think. I honestly think that Dar- the Darjeeling limited is his most contemporary or normal style that one that one feels a little more like that I think it's m- more so than bottle rock oh okay. it's it's an interesting one that's later in his library but kind of less less blocky less folksy less style wes Anderson that's like okay. a specific genre Wes Anderson
0: yeah we'll we'll get more into that one cause yeah darje I mean all of them are Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, so let's just uh, let's let's just go down the library. Right. Start at the beginning. Let's do it.
1: Um, do you want to have a spoiler warning, or do you want to circle back and give spoilers later? I feel like we could just give a spoiler warning now. Let's just
0: do the spoiler warning now. Keep it natural. We're going to spoil. Yeah. All of his movies. Yeah. So if, (laughs) if you don't want spoilers about Bottle
1: Rocket, we're going to talk about Bottle Rocket first then Rushmore, then... Yeah, the we're going to go
0: down the line. Yeah,
1: go chronologically, but there will be spoilers throughout. So, if you don't like that, watch them first.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> so. Bottle Rocket.
1: Bottle Rocket's so interesting. It's a fun little movie. It's a really fun movie. It's a really fun kind of story. Yeah. Especially because you can't talk about Wes Anderson without talking about Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson. They kind of all... Came up into success together. Well, I mean,
0: Bottle Rocket was the first time we saw mm-hmm. Owen Wilson, yeah, and it's the first time we all saw Wes Anderson, yeah. And actually, I think it was Luke Wilson's first as well.
1: Yes, because uh, so Wes Anderson and Owen Wilson went to college at University of Texas together. Uh, go Longhorns if that's what you're into. <laughs> and uh, they, they, I think Owen Wilson and Wes Anderson, as I understand it, became friends, and they wrote it together and they made it together. And Luke Wilson is obviously Owen Wilson's brother. And so they all made a short film, a short version of bottle rocket initially. Uh, Apparently it was in black and white. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's in black and white and they entered it in some local festivals. People liked it. They entered it in Sundance. Uh, People loved it. They got like funding to make a feature film. Yeah. And uh, then kind of went on to success from there. So that's, that's interesting, especially as we've been talking about short films. It can be a great thing to just make it can a, be a huge... make a short film, get yourself out there, people will notice it, love it, and uh just yeah, you can gain traction very easily that way. Right.
0: right. Uh yeah, Bottle Orchid is uh I remember hearing about it in high school. Mm. It came out in ninety six, so I was it had already been out for quite a while before I got around to watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was one of those movies for me where I always heard it. Yeah. People are always like, Oh, you got to watch Bottle Rocket. <laughs> oh, you got to see this. Have you yeah. seen Bottle Rocket? So it always had like this uh, kind of pedestal to me. Yeah. Of like, Oh, that movie's going to be amazing.
1: Yeah. It kind of developed like a cult audience. Yeah. Um, I've heard that there are like high profile fans of it. Like, apparently, Martin Scorsese really likes it. It's like one of those all
0: time favorite movies. Yeah.
1: It's yeah. really interesting.
0: Uh, It is really good, but it was one when I finally got around to watching it. So I had just watched. I saw Clerks this, and I can't remember. There was one other one that I watched, but mm. I remember watching this and Clerks. Yeah, pretty close to each other. Okay, and I adore Clerks. That movie just, I loved it.
1: Which is Kevin Smith's first movie, right? So you're comparing first.
0: So going from that to this, I, I mean, it was very much like, mm-hmm. oh, some of this feels like the dialogue just feels so similar to me mm-hmm. in some ways. Yeah. Uh, So, the first time I saw a Bottle Rocket, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's a fun story. I'll mm-hmm. move on. Rewatching it this week, because I haven't watched it for years. Yeah. I was like, oh, this movie's, <laughs> like, way better than I remember it being. Like, I just, like, this is a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: was my interpretation. As someone who saw it for the first time this week, it is really fun really there are certainly you can pick up for immediately the trademarks of Wes yeah. Anderson it's really interesting um and seeing Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson together is really really fun and funny uh they don't play brothers they play friends who are c- criminals basically right <laughs> who are planning heists and and that going on the run. I love how they plan practice heists first, and they rob like his parents' rob- house.
0: Yeah, robbing Luke Wilson's house <laughs> or mom's house yeah. is hilarious. Like, I told you not to take the fucking earrings. Yeah, <laughs> you had one thing not to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny and really clever. And, and the journey of the film is really interesting. All of his movies have really interesting journeys. Yeah. as these guys actually pull off a real heist on this bookstore and <laughs> Which,
0: I love how they're it's like, such a great detail tape
1: over their nose <laughs> and, and then their getaway driver bob who's the getaway driver because he's the one with the car yep it's so simple but he's uh, like really rich he's got a great house <laughs> yeah and he's like why are you wearing tape on your nose and old wilson's like exactly <laughs>
0: yeah
1: <laughs> it's just so funny
0: that watching Bottle Rocket this last week, I was like, they would be caught so fucking fast yeah. that they're not wearing any... Like, they're not even trying. Yeah. I was <laughs> and, like, how?
1: It's so easy to find a mask. Why wouldn't you put yeah. a mask on?
0: Yeah, them robbing the bookstore, mm-hmm. it's just such a weird mm-hmm. thing to rob. Yeah. And it's like a small local bookstore. Yeah. To the point where... <laughs> There's that great moment where uh, Luke Wilson's trying to find the other employee who's supposed Mm -hmm. to be stalking one of the areas, Mm -hmm. and they're in a different one. And he's like, dude, (laughs) you're supposed to be over there.
1: (laughs) What are you doing? Do your job better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Which brings me, I meant to ask this is going to be a very embarrassing question for somebody who has a movie podcast. Okay. (laughs) I honestly don't know what the Criterion collection is. Do you know what the Criterion Collection is?
0: Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> because most. I, of, I know they're expensive.
1: Most. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Criterion versions of movies yeah, yeah. are expensive? I see. And,
0: uh, you feel extra. Is it like a status thing? Y- yeah. You think? Maybe. Okay. There's a ton of movies that yeah. are part of the Criterion most Collection. Most of West. Almost all
1: of West Anderson's movies are in the Criterion Collection, yeah. which, make, which made me, uh, realize it because i was reading trivia about bottle rocket and apparently in that scene you were talking about when they're in the bookstore and he goes to find that other employee uh he grabs a book off the shelf and looks at it and it's like a book about bombers in the criterion collection version but apparently in the original version the criterion collection actually edited it and and removed a joke in the original version apparently it's a book about like how to how to make money in government jobs or something oh weird um and they are stealing robbing from the bookstore at at the point so there's some weird joke in there i didn't see it i actually all of my versions are the criterion version yeah so so are mine i was very like confused by that at first
0: uh this says that it's a american home video distribution company which focuses on licensing important classic and contemporary films
1: okay so is it kind of so it's kind of like the private version of the Library of Congress, maybe? Sure, where certain movies get added because they're important, yeah. And I know they're
0: they each get a number, oh, like they're, yeah, they're listed.
1: So it's like some guy's library that has a number, apparently. Of movies, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Criterion, that's funny,
0: yeah. Battle Rock, I mean, it's a great first outing, yeah. I think, uh, it's a smart first outing because it is really good, but it's not like. Mm-hmm. A home run right out the gate. Yeah. Unlike what you and I talked about with M night, you know, yeah. we're too much too soon and you can kind of stumble.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, it's just Yeah, you can tell he's kind of learning as he goes, making a lot of progress very quickly, obviously. Right. But there are every movie that he makes he kind of builds on and builds on and builds on, and each one is better than the next in a lot of ways
0: for the most part for the most part <laughs> there there are a couple in his library yeah i am not a big fan of oh really yes okay
1: so this is a little bit of a spoiler but i actually like all of them to varying degrees obviously but um i'm interested to see which ones you dislike that'll be fun yeah uh so moving on to rushmore
0: okay i love rushmore okay. <laughs> love rushmore
1: i love rushmore too i think it's it's interesting to see, especially if you start watching his movies in order, because he is certainly building on his style. You see his yeah. style falling into place. Um, all, a lot of his movies, all, almost all of his movies, have um, title cards are a big part of it. A lot like Tarantino again, um, he has title cards. And so in Rushmore, it's months of the year. Um, and it's very much it's kind of the title cards are kind of set up like a play. And yeah. plays are a big are a part, huge Rushmore. part of that. It's kind of my favorite part of Rushmore where <laughs> um so a very young Jason Schwartz
0: Well it was his first movie. He's eighteen
1: yeah. years old, which is crazy. He looks the same, just shorter.
0: <laughs> and so and minus a mustache. It's very weird
1: because I was I, when I was looking at it, I was like, so is he like 30? And they just made him a crouch down. And I looked <laughs> it up, I was like, no, he's 18. He's a kid with like actual braces right. on. He's a little kid, <laughs> but he's probably the most charismatic 18 year old I've ever seen yeah. in, in a first movie I've ever seen. Well,
0: in Rushmore, I know I said like this and uh, bottle rocket to me feel like the most, mm-hmm. uh, it's so weird using the word normal, Yeah, but you know what I mean? I do. Um, but Rushmore is definitely to me where you really pick up on the, mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to build off of this style and yeah. that kind of humor. Right. And I really think that, bringing Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman on yeah. was the like <laughs> catalyst of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, this movie is built around them, Bill yep. Murray and Jason Schwartzman, and Bottle Rocket is built around the Owen the Wilson brothers and so at, as you go along those those four things kind of are just the constants. <laughs> right. To the movies. point of like
0: co-writing movies together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: Owen Wilson co-wrote Bottle Rocket and Royal Tenenbaums and one other one.
0: Uh was it Life?
1: no it was rushmore rushmore so yeah owen wilson and wes anderson have like been friends since high since college and uh wrote co-wrote and he's been in his movies obviously (laughs) um but yeah rushmore is you see all like you were saying all those pieces i love how uh jason schwartzman's character is this kid in this private school and he's not that interested in the actual academic well, part like, but he likes the extracurricular club
0: yeah he's set up as kind of this character where when you first meet him you would assume that he's like the greatest student in the school has yeah and you quickly learn he's like the worst student they have he's because he only focuses on extracurricular he's
1: failing and the like the faculty don't like him <laughs> <and> <laughs> all, all he loves school but he loves all the clubs after school and, and
0: creating he, all the clubs. Yeah, after He starts school.
1: founding various clubs and becomes the presidents of existing clubs. And, <laughs> yeah. And you have a very Wes Sanderson sequence where it's showing this, he's in the, the beekeepers club and it has like a little title on it. And all, it goes through the whole sequence of like dozens of clubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's crazy.
0: <laughs> and then he falls in love with a teacher, <laughs> not his teacher. Yeah. A teacher. Yeah. It's like a, a,
1: younger middle schoolish age teacher but yeah she's certainly obviously older than him she is not leading him on at all being very direct <laughs> this is not a relationship but he has a crush on her yep and then bill murray is another student's dad and he also has a crush on this teacher and then bill murray is friend kind of becoming friends with jason schwarzman yeah, so there's like a, a love triangle going he's on he's like a
0: mentor almost to Schwartzman's character but through circumstances, they're separated because, you know, you can't get ex- expelled and expect to still be around. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite little relationship aspects of Rushmore is Schwartzman's character with the younger kid. Yeah. It's just so odd because yeah. he treats him like an assistant. <laughs>
1: like He's yeah. not. Yeah, he's kind of he is very much kind of I mean, he plays it a little bit pretentious, I guess, where he is acting like. I'm the boss. I'm the CEO, and you're my assistant. And but he's the CEO of this like Latin club or whatever. Right. It's like the most basic thing ever. I want to start a kite flying club. It's like silly little things. Um, but yeah, he gets expelled from Rushmore and ends up going to public school, which is so hilarious. sad, so sad, and so <laughs> hilarious at the same time. Um, but he. My favorite part about Rushmore is the plays he puts on. He puts plays on. Especially his Vietnam one. (laughs) Yeah. His Vietnam one is very dark and there's explosions. Like he has the audience put on like protective goggles and (laughs) (laughs) hearing protection and there's explosions and (laughs) fire and. Like he tried to get this play done at Rushmore, but he couldn't because somebody got seriously injured. <laughs> yeah,
0: I always think like very elaborate. What high school would fund all of this? <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: yeah. The the effects and the way that he has like helicopters going across the stage and it's so clever and so brilliant and very it's so Wes Anderson. <laughs>
0: yeah, I feel like
1: I don't know Wes Anderson, but I feel like a lot of his movies have a he puts himself into them, and I think there's a there's to certain degrees autobiographicalness to them. I think that, uh, yeah, he, he, I know that he did, he was a, like, he did write plays and, and did Super 8 movies as a kid. Um, I think he went to private school. So, Rushmore's yeah. kind of based on his experiences there. Um, later movies, I know his parents got divorced and so Tenenbaums and all that stuff. I think that he puts himself, he had two brothers. So, Darjeeling Limited, um, just his different relationships he
0: writes what he knows in a lot of ways which is works funny you mentioned darjeeling because that's a running joke in yeah. the darjeeling in the <laughs> yeah you i can didn't kind of, say that you can kind of tell My characters are fictitious <laughs> you can kind of tell
1: which of the three brothers he would be yeah <laughs> yeah so <laughs> yeah i i I really really like rushmore and i really like how much bill murray is in it yeah he's really good
0: in it the bill murray and wes anderson team up because they've done i think bill murray's been in almost all if not i think he's the most he's not in bottle rocket so he's
1: in most of them he's in i think he's the most used recurring character maybe
0: and you can tell that I mean, Bill Murray has this reputation of when he signs on to a movie, it's going to get made on his schedule. He doesn't <laughs> make it on yours. Yeah. Uh, but of all the stories of Bill Murray as in regards of like working mm-hmm. with him, Wes Anderson is the only director. Murray shows up on time, ready to work for. It's like it. It's kind of cool. Yeah. For Wes Anderson. he's
1: respect for this guy that
0: he's got that kind of connection to Bill Murray. Yeah um that's huge yeah so the royal tenenbaums yeah royal tenenbaums for the
1: longest time was my favorite one me too um as we go on i think that's recently changed but it's definitely one of my favorite ones yes it's so great it's so great
0: well, the, so this was the first one I ever saw of Wes Anderson, yeah. and uh, I watched it with my brother. Okay. And it was so different mm-hmm. than, like, every comedy I had ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, this is great. Yeah. It, it was kind of fun having that, like, understanding all of a sudden of, oh, I really like mm-hmm. the dry humor. Yeah. Where it's not dry, such a blatant joke. Dry and a little dark also. Yeah. 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 Uh, Royal Tenenbaums I just I smile every time I watch this movie just mm-hmm. the whole structure of it and I think this was really obviously this is the movie yeah that Wes Anderson really showed mm-hmm. everyone like this is how I make movies yeah, yeah. <laughs> I certainly think it's
1: where he the the first two movies he was kind of finding his style and establishing his style but may have felt like he needed to be more contemporary yeah. more normal more basic This one, he kind of just leaned into being what he wanted to be. And I think that it worked so well. I think it's the one that got him the most attention, got the most public praise. Um, Well, that cast is incredible. The cast is huge. Uh, It's also different, I guess, different in style in the sense that he has Alec Baldwin narrating it and the narration as if it's being read from a book where it shows actual chapters, and you can see the, like, the first lines of text from that chapter, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the narration is the exact text you just <laughs> saw. It's it, it, it's so tightly done.
0: Yeah, and Tenenbaums has just an insane amount of tiny details throughout the entire mm-hmm. film. Yeah. That I even started catching up on one of them mm-hmm. just this last week, and I've seen the movie... Yeah thousands of times and I was like
1: it's not overly explained. Yeah. There are a lot of it makes it feel so real that there are so many details about these characters and their relationships with each other that are hinted at or shown but not
0: mentioned that you can pick up so much the more you watch it. It's crazy. It, it is really crazy. Um there was one sad thing that I learned from this movie. Okay. Watching it this week I was kind of bummed to find out, because I love Gene Hackman in this movie, yeah. and I've been a fan of Gene Hackman for quite a while, Yeah, and then I found out that apparently working with him mm. is a nightmare, oh, he really? just is a bully, uh, and weird. I guess he was really bad with Wes Anderson to the point where Bill Murray mm-hmm. would show up on his days off <laughs> to kind of be like a, a buffer. Mm. To keep Gene Hackman in line, oh <laughs> like, wow, dude! If someone like Bill Murray has to step in,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, I, I actually really like Gene Hackman in this movie.
0: Yeah, oh, he's awesome in this he's, movie.
1: He's he's one of those. There are a lot, all of the standard players that yeah. you would expect in a Wes Anderson movie, but then there are. The the unique ones to Tendon Bombs is Gene Hackman and Gwyneth Paltrow ben and Stiller. Ben Stiller and they're kind of the the fresh faces I guess yeah um, it doesn't feel that fresh because you've seen Ben Stiller with Owen Wilson so much but uh, in but it, it it feels so good. Bombs it still
0: felt fresh because they don't really I mean they share a couple scenes together
1: yeah. they don't interact, interact that much right.
0: I love Ben Stiller in this movie. Mm-hmm. Love Ben Stiller. I love him and
1: his story and his two sons. <laughs> yeah, and I I love how Gene Hackman, his character as Royal Tenenbaum, is has like favored the Luke Wilson's character's son, the tennis player's son, most, and would like take him out gambling and stuff <laughs> right. in the into the city and drinking. And then as he gets older, he takes Ben Stiller's <laughs> t- two sons in their red jumpsuits like out. <laughs> Gambling and...
0: The red jumpsuits. Yeah. I love that there's never an explanation and that they only ever wear (laughs) the red jumpsuits.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I love uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's character and the young version of Margot as well where it's like this daughter who's an adopted daughter. So they kind of... They treat her a little bit poorly. They keep reminding her that she's not really part of the family (laughs) which sucks. But she's like dark and depressed and emo and goth or whatever and she's real and she lost a finger and (laughs) she's her whole story is so funny the
0: the whole idea of like her interactions with bill murray Mm -hmm. are some of the funniest moments in the movie to me because (laughs) they're some of the driest (laughs) yeah they're just like they're so awkward (laughs) you just sit there watching it just someone do something <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then she starts tapping the side of the tub with her wooden finger mm-hmm. which is a great another little <laughs> detail just a wooden finger <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: yeah this whole family is so dysfunctional and then they all are grown up and kind of separate but they end up getting thrown back together and even though gene hackman and uh angelica houston are divorced they have to like share a house and then all the adult kids come back and
0: well i mean it doesn't help that he fakes having cancer yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's a major timepiece of shit but it's it's a such a funny <laughs> weird movie
0: it is and it's it's so like clever the random moments of i guess you would call excitement Mm -hmm. come out of left field and then they end just as fast as they Mm -hmm. show up and it immediately jumps back to the awkwardness which yeah i would say that feels very tarantino to me where it's like a burst of something and then it's Mm -hmm. okay now we're back yeah (laughs) you're like you're left just going huh
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no absolutely uh and Danny Glover is like Angelica Houston's new beau. She's like, right. he's like trying to court her. Well, well, Gene Hackman's coming back into the picture and their, their whole interaction is very funny. Very cute. Yeah.
0: He's like the, the outsider who's yeah. being welcomed into the family by pretty much everyone except <laughs> Gene Hackman, who is no longer actually a part of this family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's like, you're my wife's boyfriend yeah it's funny. it's real tenenbaums is one of those movies you have to see at some point because it's so unique and so yeah. perfect
0: yeah it's a great it's a great movie about a very dysfunctional family yeah probably but the most dysfunctional I, family i can't help but laugh every time watching uh, luke wilson's character mm-hmm. his tennis match breakdown is so yeah. fucking funny to me yeah. he's taken off his shoe yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, I love it so much. Is he
0: is he crying? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so, The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou.
0: Uh, honestly, yeah, this is his most underrated movie. Yes, I love Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou.
1: It's the one that has grown on me the most over time. Yeah, there are a lot of parts of it that I think are. It's an interesting combination of very Wes Anderson. But he does throw in enough contemporary normalness that the the things that he normally does, like the straight-on shots, it's not 100%. It's used relatively sparingly, and it keeps it fresh and keeps it unique. Um, the story is pro- probably one of my favorites um, about... And, it's again, you get to see Bill Murray so much as Steve Zissou, who I
0: just, I just love it. Well, I mean, the part was written with Bill Murray in mind, like oh, yeah. no one else... And it feels mm-hmm. so Bill Murray. <laughs> it just... Yeah. It really does. The dialogue is just like, yeah, this is 100% a yeah. Bill Murray thing. Should only ever be Bill Murray. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he, he plays it so perfectly. Yeah. He's so... You can't ever tell if you want to trust him as someone who's going to lead this expedition. He just kind of seems like he's faking it till he makes it, but he's never quite made it.
0: I just... I love that the whole thing is this uh team, the sea exploring team yeah. are making these tiny little like documentary films yeah. and submitting them to this festival. Yeah. And then being like they get mixed reviews and people say, "Oh, he's kind of burned out." <laughs> <laughs> I love that whole idea like yeah. we're just making little documentaries. <laughs> I love I don't know why. There's just there's mm-hmm. such an there's something so i guess cute about that that's yeah it's so bizarre that you feel like you
1: you feel like on the surface that this is a oceanography exploration team very much like jacques Cousteau. yeah and but then you start watching and you're like you're barely doing any of that you're mostly <laughs> a a group that makes little films and half your ship has like sound editing booth and film editing booth you do more filmmaking than actual <laughs>
0: actual like oceanography, oceanography. <laughs> <laughs> and so
1: yeah that part is very funny i just me.
0: i love it and i love little red beanies yeah. and, <laughs> i love how
1: they're so everybody in the crew has the similar uniform and they all wear red hats but everybody's hats different like uh so, so up, there's like a Sikh on board and he is like obviously a like a wrapped yeah red hat and then uh, the like radio guy he is like a like a baseball hat without the bill and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the, the edge on it everybody's hats different and it's so it's so funny to me
0: yeah uh this movie also brings us another actor that just fits so perfect in yeah. the wes anderson universe yeah. and that's willem defoe
1: yeah it it's just- <laughs> Willem Dafoe and Jeff Goldblum. And Jeff Goldblum. Both of them become recurring people, but yeah, they're they're my favorites.
0: One <laughs> so good, and, uh, Willem Dafoe and all the roles that he's played mm-hmm. for Wes Anderson. I'm like, these might be some of my favorite roles you've ever done. <laughs> like yeah. I'm a big fan.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I also in Life Aquatic, I really like Kate Blanchett's character. Yeah, so she's like a a journalist that joins the crew and she's pregnant and for some reason i don't know what it is about her character in this movie but i i just adore her I, i'm not like the biggest fan of Kate blanchett but for some reason for some reason her character in this movie is just so good she yeah. seems so i guess warmer and gentler and, and I, I really when i'm saying earlier that i really like the story um owen wilson is a guy who is like a an av- like, he's a pilot, and he comes and joins the crew because he thinks that Bill Murray, Steve Zissou, might be his dad. Yeah. Probably is his dad. His mom told him that's his dad. And so there's, like, a lost son relationship there. Um But he kind of ends up falling in love with Kate Blanchett. And she's pregnant with, like, her editor's baby. It's all <laughs> <Yeah>. very complicated. <laughs> but he... I I get the impression that Owen Wilson kind of wants to be there, wants to be the dad for this kid. Like his dad wasn't there for him. Yeah. It's such a, it's a really kind of like beautiful movie and there's a weird amount of action in it. Like it gets pretty actiony and pirates show up and
0: (laughs) a Wes Anderson shootout scene is (laughs) pretty entertaining. Yeah. It really is. It's
1: really, this is a weird sentence to say, but it's really cute. How, yeah. Well, it's not how he puts action and violence into his and movies, and it's not
0: like fast paced. I mean, yeah. the camera still stays <laughs> mm-hmm. stationary, mm-hmm. and it, it will pan right or pan left. It doesn't do anything fancy. Yeah, and it's a shootout scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you come to rescue me Mm -hmm. i fold (laughs) yeah
1: and everybody on steve zeus's crew is issued a pistol (laughs) yeah they like all carry glocks and they all have holsters and you're like why in the world would you need that and then pirates show up up. oh this is actually useful i'm glad and they need to go rescue jeff goldblum it becomes a whole thing (laughs) What idiots? They left their dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a three-legged dog, yeah. Yeah, Life Aquatic is just, it's one of those movies. And I really love the cartoony imagination of the, like, completely original sea life that they introduce in this movie. Yeah, so the sea life is, it's really interesting, especially as we continue
1: down the path that all of the sea life is imaginary, animated. Yeah. Uh, You can tell that probably enjoyed doing it in this movie and then he makes fantastic mr fox later that's entirely this but yeah steve zusu is really funny to watch and see those pieces i enjoy them very much oh
0: yeah i love them love them i love yeah. the the seahorse that he gets from the kid
1: yeah and yeah they're all like so colorful so imaginary it's a it's really cool yeah
0: and it, it i really do feel like it's so underrated mm-hmm it, no one talks about it. Yeah. And I'm like, this. It's one of his best. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, I agree. Um, Darjeeling Limited. The Darjeeling Limited. So I, I, I say, uh, Life Aquatic is the most underrated. Uh huh. Darjeeling is the most forgotten.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it certainly is the most forgotten. I think partially because what I said earlier, where it's the most normally shot. It. It feels the least West Andersony to me it's not it's not as staged not as blocky not as folksy it's not it has so much of him but not as much of him i guess
0: i i almost feel like some of the extra movement that's in it because i know what you're talking about yeah with you know it's not the the choppiness or whatever um is because it's all on a train
1: yeah there's like more, on
0: an actual train there's
1: more movement because there's more traveling I guess.
0: yeah so there's not and when I was reading the notes, I mean, they filmed on a train, so yeah. it's... The camera didn't really have anywhere to go. It wasn't, like, a mm-hmm. built set for the most part. Yeah. Uh, that little thing, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that would have been such a pain in the ass to try and film this whole movie yeah. on a train.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially a train in India.
0: But this, I mean, I, I love Darjeeling Limited. Okay. I, this is one of them that I absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, I just... I think the chemistry between Owen Wilson and Adrian Brody and Jason Schwartzman, Mm -hmm. it just, it works so well. It's very believable that they're brothers that are kind of at odds and are like reluctantly on this trip together. Yeah, they're
1: three (laughs) brothers that have really never been friends. Yeah. And don't trust each other. Like they're all kind of going up beyond each other's back. They're like
0: constantly, don't I'm going to
1: tell you this thing about that's personal about my life, but don't tell the other brother about <laughs> and it. And
0: then the immediately like, <laughs> and this is very Wes Anderson. to me mm-hmm. character will get up, leave the shot. Yeah. And the other one comes down, fills the spot and they immediately tell mm-hmm. the joke ju- or the line. Like, yeah.
1: He doesn't want you to know. But... <laughs>
0: yeah. He doesn't want you to know, but he's leaving. <laughs> yeah. He bought his own ticket.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they're also also different, and you get to you get to know them, and you understand each brother so well. Yeah, the way that he shows you who they are, like Owen Wilson. First of all, you, you, he's like, you show up and he's all beat to shit. He's got like bandages all over and he just describes But he wears
0: the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That
1: (laughs) part's really weird and interesting, but he's certainly this brother that's kind of a control freak. He's constantly, he feels like he raised his other brothers. He's constantly trying to get them to agree to things. It's like, can we all just agree? Let's make this pact that we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And everybody's like, I don't really want
0: to (laughs) do this. But they keep agreeing to it. And then. Yeah. He orders their food and drinks for him, mm-hmm. which I love when Adrian Brody's character is like, don't order for me. And then he still does it and then stops and goes, "Yeah, he's ordering by himself. It's like, do
1: you want the cookies? I, I'm not going to order for him. He's ordering for himself. I'll have the cookies.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And
0: the whole joke with the
1: belt. Mm-hmm. I,
0: what a weird, like, reoccurring joke yeah. throughout the whole
1: movie. <laughs> Adrian Brody might... Might be my favorite one because he's so subtle, Yeah, but I think I identify with him the most. He's kind of the brother that wants to avoid conflict. He's He doesn't want to, like, he doesn't ask for anything. He has his dad's sunglasses and his dad's, like, other, like, trunks and stuff, and he doesn't want to ask his brothers if he can have them because he knows it'll become a thing whenever... Uh, so Owen Wilson takes Jason Schwartzman's passport because he doesn't want him to leave too early. <laughs> and so when that like comes out, he's like, I'm going to go pray at this other altar. <laughs> right. I'm going to leave the <laughs> situation so that it's not well, awkward. The he whole just life, can't deal with the conflict.
0: Yeah, and the whole journey that they're supposed to be on, which at first you are sold on the idea that they're on this kind of spiritual quest mm-hmm. to try and rekindle a brother, brothership and all that. Uh, mm. And then every stop they make, they end up shopping mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 like <laughs> ruining whatever mm-hmm. crazy thing <laughs> that Owen Wilson's character has like yeah. on the itinerary, which he wants to check mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And, well, he has
1: like a, he has like an assistant who's constantly making reservations for them right. and he wants them to say yes to everything and to, to have the most spiritual experiences. And, and,
0: and then you find out that it's really just a trip to, go see their mom Yeah, <laughs> like, find
1: their mom because their dad died and yeah <laughs> trying to rekindle i guess their family in some aspect and then yeah we talked about a while ago that i you do get the impression that it's somewhat autobiographical because wes anderson has three brothers and you get the impression that jason schwartzman is most like wes anderson because <laughs> right. he's a writer he's written this short story and every time that he shows the short story to one of his brothers they're like yeah, this is exactly how it was. This is what it was like growing up. You have such a great memory.
0: I didn't actually say that, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, my characters are fictional. Yeah,
1: and then he corrects and he's like, No, th- all my characters are fictional. This has nothing to <laughs> yeah, do... And I'm sure that he's gotten that so much from all of his family. Yeah. In the other movies he's made about Tenenbaums, about Rushmore. It's like, yeah, this is... No, these are fictional movies. <laughs> <not> a, <laughs> but they are like his life.
0: Yeah, I... I think Darjeeling. I think more people should watch it, especially if you've enjoyed yeah. his other films. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it. It's probably one of the more feel-good Wes Anderson films. Like you, you kind of when it ends, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, mm-hmm. cool. you know. And he, <laughs> yeah. he does have one very specific thing. Uh, every one of his movies, mm-hmm. minus one, I think the last shot of the movie mm-hmm. transitions the speed. Yeah, so it goes from normal, and then it goes to slow Slow motion.
1: Yeah, but
0: Darjeeling is just yeah. (laughs) I wish more people had seen it, Mm -hmm. or would take the time to go watch it because I think it's a good one.
1: There's a lot of depth to it. There's a lot of of deeply, I guess, kind of like emotional parts to it. Yeah, Um, I think that the performances are great, and the and the the characters and their relationships are so pure. Yeah. It's it's a really special movie. I like it a lot. Uh so Fantastic Mr. Mr. Fox. Fox.
0: So it's funny that you say that yeah, you've been saying like I'm sure Wes Anderson has gotten a lot of shit from his own family, mm-hmm. kind of like Jason Schwartzman does in Darjeeling. Yeah. Because the fact that Fantastic Mr. Fox comes out all of a sudden after all of those movies mm-hmm. and it's based on a, a Roald doll book, yeah. which was his favorite book, Okay, to me, it's kind of funny because you're like, it's almost like he was making a point like, see, <laughs> I don't make movies about our family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is about
1: something else entirely. <laughs>
0: i honestly mm-hmm. never had any desire to see this movie okay which was weird because yeah. the cast is awesome
1: yeah yeah huge a lot of the same recurring players are in it but also george clooney and meryl streep are kind of the main right. mr and mrs fox
0: and uh so watching it this last week was the very first time i've ever seen it oh really yeah
1: okay yeah, it's, it's very... I mean, it's different from his other movies, but it's also not different not from his other all. movies.
0: Not at all. The only difference is it's animated. Yeah, it's <laughs> but...
1: his only entirely animated one. The animation is so impressive to me. I'm a big fan of stop-motion animation, right. and the things that he does and the ways that he does it, like especially towards the end as the action gets more kinetic and things are on fire, and the way that he does fire and smoke and... People are it's on just fire great. and it's amazing. I, uh,
0: when I watched it, I was like, oh, shit. I really like this movie. Why did I wait so long? I, I, I have no defense of yeah. why I had no desire, mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought it was great. Okay. I really did. I enjoy it. It was funny. It's yeah. cute. It's got, <laughs> it might be the most West or Wes Anderson movie
1: mm-hmm. of
0: his library. It just feels so yeah. him. Yeah. It's probably the, the color palette that he chose for the whole movie, uh, Jason Schwartzman playing the son is hilarious. Yeah, the son who
1: can't <laughs> earn approval of his father because his like cousin he just, is better than he, he is. He just
0: wants his dad to tell him that, yes, you're an athlete. Yeah. He just <laughs> the ear twitch and the yeah. like the spitting yeah i just i can't help but laugh every yeah. time
1: every time that someone go like someone doesn't say a curse word they just say cuss instead
0: which might be the one of the best yeah. decisions ever made in a movie it's because yeah. it feels so natural yeah and then you find out that like oh we just replaced all the curse words with the word cuss so it's <laughs> it's technically like super foul yeah in terms of language yeah but we just changed it to cuss there's really nothing you're like I, I did find myself wondering, like, could I get away with just suddenly trying to just only <laughs> use the word cuss? Yeah. And see if anyone would catch on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Son of a cuss. All the cuss. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really, really like it. I really like it's very creative the way that it shows all the different animals. So all the main characters are animals um, and they live in there's this foxes and beavers and badgers and. They all live in this, either underground or in trees or whatever, and they have normal lives. They wear suits and read newspapers. work. Yeah. (laughs) And the the concept of the movie is George Clooney, Mr. Fox, is going to, he's a thief by trade who's been going straight, but would rather, like, he wants to make one big score in order to, like, kind of set himself up. So he goes and kind of tries to rob these three farmers that have different farmers. One's like a chicken farmer. One's like a hot pig farmer. One like makes his own uh, cider.
0: Yeah. The alcoholic cider. <laughs>
1: yeah. And uh, so he pulls these big jobs with his mole friend. And <laughs> who
0: like has no business being there. <laughs> you got to kill the chicken in one bite. damn it i said one bite
1: (laughs) oh i think he's an opossum he's like an opossum yeah (laughs) yeah he's like i i can't bite them i'm not a fox i'm an opossum (laughs) my teeth are in the back (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's so funny and so clever and just for the animation it's the animation
0: is pretty awesome it's beautiful and there's only one one scene that has use of actual cgi okay and that's uh the water or the fluid oh. coming down the pipe.
1: Yeah, they would um, flood them out.
0: Yeah, but the rest of it, knowing that mm-hmm. that everything was practical, practical, yeah, definitely made me respect it yeah. a lot. It's
1: there are so many times when I'm looking at the di- different details and. The way they did smoke, the way they did it. It's so amazing.
0: It's it's so entertaining. Yeah. It just is, especially, I mean, the last act of this movie Mm -hmm. is so entertaining. I mean, you just, you get so caught up in it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun. And the, like the, the stop motion is so precise that the facial animations and all of the people and
0: animals it's so interesting it's just so good I love fantastic willem Defoe plays the rat who's trying to guard <laughs> the the cider yeah and he's, he always he's plays, a joy
1: he always plays mostly plays like a, a foe or a nefarious right. like hitman or a thief or he's he's really good at that as a rat rat
0: yeah I uh I felt kind of silly having waited so long to see yeah the fantastic Mr Fox mm-hmm. uh it did make me wish though that George Clooney yeah. should be in a live action Wes Anderson movie.
1: Yeah, he should certainly be one of the recurring actors in his yeah. movies because it fits so well.
0: Especially with like Clooney's history with the Coen brothers. I yeah. feel like this would be such a natural fit in that style humor and just it would be so good.
1: No, I definitely I would agree. love it. I would definitely like more of him in those. For sure. Oh, right. Uh, so Moonrise Kingdom is next.
0: I am not a fan. This is, is
1: this the only one you're not a fan no. of, or are there more? Okay. There's one more. Okay. Well, we're running out of movies, so I, I, know. I know which the next one is. <laughs> this is the only one after that's not released
0: yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Interesting. I don't. I to this day. Yeah. I can't pinpoint it. I just can't figure it out because yeah. I love the cast. I think bringing. Uh, Edward Norton into mm-hmm. the mix is such a another yeah this makes yeah. sense bringing Bruce Willis in Edward Norton yeah. as the Scoutmaster is really really it's good so good yeah he is, like I love the cast mm-hmm. I love most of the characters mm-hmm. the story is cute yeah it's very Wes Andersony it's very Wes Andersony it's
1: it's partly about these kids who run away because they're in love and that's cute but it's also part mostly about the adults who are just trying to find them and. <laughs> And their relationships are yeah.
0: complicated. I just I don't know what it is. And I've mm-hmm. I've watched it so many times. Okay. Trying to like. <laughs> it's gotta click, right? And it never does. I I just don't get it, because I know this one's like a fan favorite. Oh, is it? Yeah. I do like it, but
1: spoiler alert, when I rated the ones in the order that I like them the most, it was at the bottom, right above Bottle Rocket. Oh, okay. And so I don't like it more than his others. I still like it, um, but I don't, I guess, love it as much as the others. Okay.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it Yeah, is. I'm like, this has the formula Mm -hmm. that I should love so much of this movie. Yeah. And then it just kind of like, I don't know if it goes on for a little too long or what it is, but it just Mm -hmm. fizzles out for me.
1: I think that... I think it just comes down to the subject for me. Okay. Like the all of the, the formula is there, the style is there, everything's done well, the cast is there, obviously, but the the story is just not one that I'm as connected to. Yeah. Like I, I prefer all the Edward Norton Boy Scout stuff, but all of the other stuff I'm like just not as invested in.
0: Yeah. Oh, if it was a movie just about the Boy Scout stuff... Yeah. I think I would enjoy that more because it really is the most entertaining part of the movie. Yeah. Um the rest of it just kind of feels yeah off or yeah. just I and, would say odd, but mm-hmm. I mean it's Wes Anderson. That- <laughs> they're all odd, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the two kids together,
1: I think they're they're pretty cute together. That's probably my the medium part for me. Yeah. And then the Francis McDermott having a wanting to have a relationship with Bruce Willis, even though she's married.
0: To Bill Murray. That's the
1: part that I, I guess, like the least. Yeah.
0: Well, it just, it, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's all, it's
1: very, like, I guess you could say to some degree all of his movies are, but this one seems the most melancholy feeling to it.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, it, it's certainly, certainly interesting, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have it. Yeah. I have most of his movies. Because mm-hmm. I'm a fan. Yeah. And I... Every time I go on, like, an Anderson binge or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, I'll still watch it. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about it where I'm like, nope, mm-hmm. eh, there it goes. Yeah. <laughs> I like, don't I just can't pinpoint. It. It's so weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, kn- I know what you mean, though. That is weird. But it sounds like you don't like the Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: Uh, it sounds like you're wrong. Oh. I adore the grand then what's the other one you don't like? Isle of Dogs.
1: Oh, I didn't watch Isle of Dogs. Oh
0: my god. I
1: didn't even see it on his list. What the Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm not prepared for this episode. Okay, so spoiler
0: like... alert, I don't like Isle of Dogs.
1: Brian Cranston. I've never even seen this movie. Um, I mean... Look at that. Directed by Wes Anderson, written by Wes Anderson, and what's-her-face? <laughs> Or his face, Roman Coppola.
0: Um, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Uh, so, but Grand Budapest. That's
1: good because I was going to freak out if you didn't like Grand Budapest Hotel.
0: I adore the Grand <laughs> Budapest Hotel.
1: its It's this, the one that became my favorite. This
0: movie has the formula. Mm-hmm. It's got the huge cast. I love the cast. I love the way that he filmed it where the flashback goes mm-hmm. to the like.
1: The different formats. Uh, yeah. So it's a story within a story within a story. And so it's in three different time periods. And the way that he communicates it to the audience is each time period has its own image format. Yep. And so the most widescreen is the most modern. And it kind of shrinks and shrinks and shrinks as you go back in time. Yeah, very clever doing that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, it's
0: great. Uh, I I have nothing mm-hmm. critical about this, mate. I, I think mean, it's, it's got it's everything most, that
1: I want. It's the most blocky, the most Wes Anderson-y. <laughs> so first of all, I love like when miniatures are used in films and he uses a (laughs) lot of miniatures a lot and i also love old style hand-painted backdrops Mm -hmm. and for those miniatures where it seems like a vista or mountains or whatever and you can just see that it feels so feels so warm and comfortable for me for some reason and so i like those parts of this movie but yeah watching it i was paying close attention to like cinematography directorial style and all that stuff Almost all of the shots are those head on 90 degree square centered subject shots. Yeah. And it's so interesting that he did that (laughs) and that he's able to do that and that you don't get burned out. It feels good the whole time.
0: Yeah. It, this movie is special. I will say that the story is really, it's so original Yeah, and there's so many little things to it and the comedy that's in this movie, it's honestly to me it's his funniest movie yeah and i think having (laughs) ralph fines as your lead is that dude
1: he's so good it's
0: so good yeah (laughs) it's so good but i mean he brings back edward norton in this yeah and
1: and jeff goldblum
0: and jeff goldblum and willem dafoe willem Willem dafoe Dafoe in this movie is yeah it's my favorite role of his with (laughs) wes anderson he's so (laughs) like
1: Scary. There are a lot of scenes with William Defoe where it's there are elements that are harkening back to like old thrillers. Yeah, like when he's chasing Jeff Goldblum through the museum, and Jeff Goldblum looks behind him, and you don't see the guy chasing him; you just see like his shadow approaching, yeah. and you hear footsteps, and it's very, very Hitchcocky, very,
0: but uh, it's like very
1: old in style
0: with the Wes Anderson mm-hmm. flavor. Yeah, it's just,
1: and I love how that chase ends. It's so. <laughs> Sudden and scary.
0: There's a scene when uh, when Adrian Brody and Wilm Dafoe are talking to uh, Jeff Goldblum in his office, yeah. And Wilm Dafoe's holding the cat, yeah. <laughs> Did he just throw my cat out the window and it's in the coat check? Yeah, I like every time he throws the cat, yeah. He's first just
1: time. <laughs> making eye contact the whole time, toss the cat out the window. And the scene moves forward, there's <laughs> like well yeah you you see him throw it and you're like oh he's just upset and then jeff goldblum is like, like did he throw my cat you didn't know that it wasn't right. william defoe's cat it's
0: just i it's not even my favorite scene of the movie uh-huh. but it's such a random like that just fucking happened yeah i
1: yeah this movie I, is I feel just, the same thing so about the, about the fingers when he, <laughs> yeah. he just shows up at the end and slams the door and his fingers fall you're like I didn't expect that (laughs) violence in a Wes Anderson movie, but it's so jarring and
0: funny. It
1: It makes me laugh every time.
0: It does, as it should. It's hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Willem Dafoe, the way his character goes out is Mm -hmm. equally as funny. Where he just... (laughs) goes over yeah it <laughs> gets pushed over
1: <laughs> and the way they do the ski chase it goes so it's fast so awesome it's so awesome it's miniature and it's it goes so fast and the way it goes through all the different things like there's at the like winter games or something yeah it's like the luge and the long jump <laughs> and the, the uh, everything is so crazy
0: i just <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great little story yeah all the jokes of like the lobby boy job and the importance of it mm-hmm. and the perfume and him drawing his mustache on yeah. in the worst way <laughs> where it's just that weird wiggly line. Yeah. But then it's a polished mustache. Mm-hmm. Next scene, the poetry reading yeah. <laughs> with the letter from jail. Yeah. It's eighteen stanzas. You might want to just serve
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and how every time someone tries to read poetry, they get interrupted. And, yeah, and then until the very end,
0: there's only one poem that's actually yeah. recited the whole way through. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's, it's so it, good.
1: It's so good and beautiful and funny, um but it's all. I feel like it has so much heart. Also, like all of the the way that the story is being told in the past tense and. And the way that he's, like, remembering the adult version of Zero is remembering his, like, fondness for his boss and how he came to own the Grand Budapest Hotel. And uh, there's so much uh, sudden emotions in it.
0: Well, I mean, especially, like, the conclusion of the whole film where it it doesn't exactly have the happiest of endings, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, it's got a very beautiful ending to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it really comes out of just like, oh... (laughs) <laughs> like, all right, yeah, and then it ends, and you just go, mm-hmm. "Well, that might be one of the best movies I've <laughs> ever seen." Yeah, that's,
1: ex- <laughs> that's exactly how I feel about it, and nice. it's it's very cleverly set between the two World Wars, and you're kind of coming up against fas- the rise of fascism and how these people are trying to cope and deal and just run a hotel. And it's like, and-
0: I mean, there's a lot of it that's again with Wes Anderson, he really creates this whole world in these yeah. countries and mm-hmm. it's just, it's so unique i mm-hmm. i think this is his best movie it, it really so. is
1: i do too and a- adrian brody is so s- scary <laughs> he's as, so as someone who is so lovable in darjeeling limited that <laughs> he... all of a sudden he's so evil and douchey <laughs>
0: yeah, he's such a hateful character yeah <laughs> and the whole idea of like the painting of the boy with the apple yeah it's I, this movie has so much to it. Mm-hmm. It's just I can't praise this movie yeah. enough. I really like. it. I
1: didn't realize until I started looking into it for this uh, this episode that Tilda Swinton is the old lady at the very just in beginning a ton yeah. of makeup and. They do a good job of making her look really old. I didn't even recognize her <laughs> until I was looking at the cast. I was like,
0: wait, who's that? So rumor has it with this movie. I mentioned uh, I would love to see George Clooney mm. in a live action. Well, rumor has it that he has a cameo in the Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, I did see that. During the shootout. So when I watched the movie again, yeah. I was keeping like eyes peeled for him. I can't find him. Somebody said that you had to like pause it to see
1: him. And that he was wearing a white coat. Uh, right. But I didn't know like which side he was on. So the shootout's between two different sides of the hall, basically. Or the, the lobby or whatever. Um, but yeah, I've, I've seen that a couple times. But yeah, I, do, I don't know exactly who he is.
0: I wasn't sure if you had, like... Okay, so they're claiming... Is I'm looking at it up now. Well, they're claiming that this is him. Pause. That does not look
1: like Clooney. That looks like a... a Discount store brand version of George Clooney. Watch it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, George. Uh,
0: yeah, that was the one that I thought they had mentioned, but I was like, that didn't look. Yeah, like George Clooney. It looks
1: like uh, those guys that dress up in like Las Vegas for for you to like take pictures with them, mm. or like L. A. when you're getting the star maps or whatever. Right. It looks like a celebrity look that makes hasn't you know, quite pulled makes it fifty off yet. bucks on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um wow
1: so apparently we have to talk about isle of dogs now. so
0: apparently i'm the only one actually prepared for this episode
1: yeah i don't i nobody told me that isle of dogs came out and was a wes anderson movie um so this is awkward
0: a little bit um
1: you don't like it though so maybe no I, maybe i won't even bother with that um
0: well i think you should still watch it just to see
1: it's interesting that he co-wrote it with jason schwartzman yeah and Roman Coppola, which I don't exactly care for. Uh,
0: I know exactly why I don't like this movie. Ooh, unlike Moonrise, okay, uh, it's so boring.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: the opening scene of this movie is the best part, uh-huh. and it has like nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, it's uh, is so the whole it, thing
1: animated? Yes, also? the entire
0: thing is animated as it, well. It looks
1: like stop motion. It's the exact same style as yeah, Mr. Fox.
0: It is, uh, but I. I personally feel that Fantastic Mr. Fox was better done. How long ago did you see Isle of Dogs? Like two days ago.
1: Okay. I was curious (laughs) if your dislike for it was contributing to you not wanting to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox? Okay.
0: No, I just hadn't gotten around to seeing it. Yeah. Um... But I I had always been curious to watch it. Yeah. And then it was kind of funny having that happen where I was uh, actually always curious to watch Isle of Dogs, but Uh never wanted to see Fantastic. Uh And then when I watched both of them, I loved Fantastic and (laughs) hated Isle of Dogs.
1: Interesting.
0: I found it super boring. The animation is pretty good. I I mean, it's stop motion. Stop motion is cool. Yeah. Uh, But I just felt the story is so boring and I had no care yeah i didn't give a shit about anything happening in the movie and it was really i kind of hated having that feeling (laughs) because i i mean i really am a fan of wes anderson Mm -hmm. and i'm a fan of the whole cast right and i was just like god i just don't care about this movie yeah (laughs) yeah i
1: I feel like the animation itself can't save it especially when you can tell people just go watch fantastic mr fox and you get you get as good animation and a much better story
0: yeah and i, I actually personally kind of think better animation just because of the the way it was used and the style that okay. they used. i personally yeah that's my personal preference but sure. uh yeah i i mean watch isle of dogs i'm curious to see what you have to say about it okay um
1: i just didn't care for it well i guess that means i have to watch it then
0: <laughs> yeah it was kind of a bummer when i watched it because i was like well shit yeah <laughs> that
1: is a bummer i i felt i'm i'm curious to watch it to see if i like it or not because yeah i felt like for me wes anderson has been such a strong writer and director right that i like everything he does so I, I don't want to find something that I don't <laughs> like, I guess. But I'm also intrigued and curious. I'm, I'm curious
0: to see what you have to say about it. Yeah. Uh it definitely made me even more excited for his next film, which is in post production right now. Yeah. Because the next one's gonna be live action again, and I I am hoping mm-hmm. that he he kinda to me gets back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Not to say he really lost track. I just mm-hmm. I think I I definitely well, I shouldn't say I think I know I definitely gravitate more towards his live action style Mm. than the animated. Yeah. Um, So I'm I'm hoping he gets... I'm I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah. And for me, in my weird alternate universe where Isle of Dogs doesn't exist, I thought that Grand Budapest Hotel was his most recent movie, so I was under the impression that his next movie that's in post-production, The French Dispatch, was coming out right like coming out next and what's going to be his next movie and so in my mind i was like after seeing grand budapest and seeing how great it is i'm so excited for his next movie. and it does from the trailers it's
0: live action it looks very much kind of like the style
1: of grand budapest hotel
0: yeah well i mean they do that thing where when they show you all the names Mm -hmm. of the cast that's in it which holy is massive shit yeah it might be his biggest ensemble casting ever. Yeah, um, I am excited for it, mm-hmm. and I do agree. It does kind of give a vibe of like, ooh, he's Grand Budapest kind of style, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it 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 is seems like it's set against a bigger, a bigger backdrop. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Grand Budapest Hotel was a kind of a small story, simple story about these people. But set amongst fascism, the rise of fascism in Europe, and how that affects people. Um, French dispatches about a newspaper in a French city, and it—they're all collections of stories from different groups or different people that tell different interesting uh, things about, like just things that are happening in the 20th century. It seems like there's enough background that it's a could be a bigger thing, like right Garden Budapest Hotel was it's interesting
0: and that's well I mean we, I guess we got to go in the order but yours is going to be mm-hmm. uh in progress I guess I can't believe you <laughs> didn't get Isle of Dogs watched, I, or even realize that it's his
1: I literally looked at <laughs> Wes Anderson's like directorial and writing filmography and I wrote them all down and for some reason I didn't see Isle of Dogs in there I don't know why yeah, it's my eyes skipped over it I guess
0: I am curious to see or to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah. Um, I just, God, I was like, I could not get into it (laughs) at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did have to skip over, I guess, some things because he does do like commercials and.
0: Well, he does commercials.
1: Documentaries. And and then
0: he does like little short film things too still. Yeah. So maybe Um, I just
1: thought it was one of those and not a feature. Maybe.
0: Yeah, it's, it's literally the last, the last item. The one. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see that now?
1: Yes, thank you.
0: <laughs> and what's great. It's rated so high as well. Like, yep. this one was nominated for Oscars. It's like...
1: Yeah, the collective rating on IMDb is 7.9, where Grand Budapest was 8.1, right up there. Right. So, that's crazy. And
0: I just... I could not get into this one. All right. But I am curious to see what higher than darjeeling
1: limited 7.2
0: see and i would not i would not do that
1: yeah interest.
0: Well, that's just me yeah that's fair so what is your list in progress then
1: you mean how would i rate them in yeah, my, like... my preferred order, order of quality uh so i put i like them all of the ones i've seen <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i put bottle rocket last then moonrise kingdom then rushmore okay then darjeeling limited then life aquatic then fantastic mr fox i feel like it it, those two were so close but the quality of the animation uh and it it was so impressive that i just bumped it up a little bit then of course royal tenenbaums then grand budapest became my favorite fairly recently the more i see it
0: um our lists are kind of similar Mm-hmm. Um, I put Isle of Dogs very last. Yeah, I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> okay. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom, Bottle Rocket. Okay. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox.
1: Okay, that's the biggest difference.
0: Yeah, Darjeeling Limited, Rushmore, mm-hmm. The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. Okay. Royal Tenenbaums, which used to be my all-time favorite. Yeah. And then when I saw Grand Budapest, it mm-hmm. was just like no nope, there's just something so yeah. special about this movie
1: yeah yeah f- from the very first time i saw it i knew that this is one of the best movies i've ever seen it's so right. so unique and beautiful
0: it really is so good yeah it's so good <laughs> all right awesome that's all of wes anderson. that's wes anderson folks such a cool guy yeah and although i wasn't a fan of Iola dogs or a big fan of moonrise yeah. uh I still get excited when he's got new stuff and Well, I mean, we
1: didn't like a couple of M Night's movies. Right. It doesn't mean that he's not a great director. He's still one of the best directors ever, so we still love all of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're he's, staying he's putting a fan.
0: Out. Um totally forgot what I was gonna say. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, tell us your your favorite Wes Anderson movie, or uh, or how would you rate them? How would how you rate are, them if you're not a fan at all? Which ones do not Why? like? I do think that
1: he is polarizing. Like, yeah, and I say this about every director that is has a heavy or specific style. It's not going to be for everybody, and so I could certainly see people that are like, I don't like that, and so now I don't like everything that he does. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> But for me, I do like that. And so I end up liking everything he does. Yeah.
0: I, uh, you know, after I watched Royal Tenenbaums, it was just, that that was one of those movies where when I watched it, I knew pretty, pretty much right away. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be a fan of this guy. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, absolutely.
0: All right. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, tell us all of your Wes Anderson stuff. Find Uh,
1: find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movie Boners. Go to MovieBoners.com.
0: Leave us a voicemail. You
1: should call in and leave us a voicemail.
0: Do it. Ask us
1: questions. Give us homework. Uh, Don't give me any more homework. Test us. I'm still
0: trying to count <laughs> movies, and it's yeah. so many. I mean,
1: make it a simple homework. <laughs> Either ask a question I can answer right now or one I'll answer next time.
0: Make, yeah. Keep yeah. it
1: simple. Keep it safe. That was like a <laughs> Lord of the Rings reference, <laughs> kind of. Uh, not really lord of the rings fans are gonna kill me okay time to get off the microphone all
0: right right, thank you everybody
1: (laughs) see you next time